This is a Not Just A Guy production. Let me talk at you. Welcome one and all to Not Just A Guy, the show about struggling storytellers. I'm your host, Not Just A Guy, the guy, Garrett Briones, and I am coming at you for episode seven. Let's see how long I actually remember the episode numbers. Uh, but I am joined, let's get right into it. I'm joined by uh, a great <laughs> man, uh, someone who is a, a legend at my film school. He was once called the Martin Scorsese of CCH. I remember someone oh, calling him that. God. Don't remember who. Uh, but he is the first of his kind. He is not an imitation of anybody else. My guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Felix Malms. I'm, well, I'm a learned film director and still here and there a little bit in the industry. Um, I worked with the German television before and I'm doing right now my master's of arts and entertainment management. It's basically performing arts and event management. So basically all of that will be learned in film school in a different space but it's kind of the gotcha. same things but it's cool well, i like it well felix i'm so happy to have you uh you are you are so talented uh i i'm Stop. and i'm gonna felix i gotta ask you i ask this to everybody who comes on uh if i remember but this is a show about struggling storytellers so felix i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna look right down the barrel of the camera are you struggling yes absolutely <laughs> are you In what joking ways? it's 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 always like when you go into uh let, let's start somewhere else. Let's let's put whatever like ever you want. When you think about that you want to carry in, in entertainment, specifically in film or television itself, you need to get your foot in somehow. So the I think the biggest struggle for everybody is getting their foot in and know what that means because everybody's always talking about it yeah you need to get your foot in the door that you know what you're doing and all of this stuff like they mystify it what it's like i get it on one end like it's i would tell it to everybody else but it's just kind of like what people do out of that gotcha. and especially for like for example writers where should they start Yes, they should be on set to understand the set itself, but that's not really their place yeah. to be because their place is in a writer's room. Like other people that want to do other things because people like we, you know that as good as I do. When you go into film school, everybody wants to be the next hotshot director yeah. and crushing dreams is literally. I don't I don't want to sound like a narcissist, but it's kind of like a funny thing on a daily basis when new <laughs> people come wrong. and be like, oh, my God, I want to be the next Martin Scorsese. And you'd be like, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's not going to happen. Like everybody needs to fail in order to thrive of that. Yeah. But still, like coming back to that, it's like, yeah, especially right now with the writer's strike going on and now the actress itself, like this, the industry feels stale, you know, yes. there's nothing really to do. And also, like, let's go back to getting your foot in the door. Who should you, who should you talk to? Who is a mentor that's not going to fuck you over at one point? You know, like you need to have that sort of trust, and that's only when you work like with people closely on sets, like you and me. That you know, mm. it's just kind of like you need that level of trust that you know people that are doing good work, and like you need to keep your network the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. But I cannot, honestly, I cannot answer it in any other way. It's, okay. it's hard. That's a That's good answer. Really no, I, yeah. 
I think that's uh, while our, all of our experiences are different, I think we all do have that moment of, you know, unless you, unless your father is a famous director <laughs> or something like that, you oh there God, is no yeah. set way. And, and it, it's even going, you know, we both graduated from film school. I can say right now, no disrespect to the school, but it wasn't like coming right out of it. I, I had anything yeah. that like, you know, their internships were offered, things like that. But, you know, it's not like it's you graduate, they give you your diploma and they also are like, and here's your job at Paramount or here's your job at where yeah. it's, it's it doesn't work that way. And honestly, like when you when you talk about that, that reminds me of like it also depended on which film school you went to, because like mm -hmm. when you, uh, for example, fuck what I called again, AFI. American gotcha. Film Institute. Mm -hmm. Like everybody that went to AFI, it's kind of like they almost guarantee the job because those people have way much better connections than our college did, even though we mm -hmm. paid also tuition for it. But yeah. it's just kind of like that what they're showing and the way how they all work, it's more kind of like they're all getting somewhere. And mm -hmm. honestly, being on sets on AFI sets itself, I could like, yes, those people are cool to hang out with. But, and I still know these people, but yeah, when you're not in that film school, it felt like you won't go anywhere. Like you need to be on a very big branded school or like, like USC to mm -hmm. get somewhere. Yeah. And it was always kind of like demotivating, especially like for me personally, it was demotivating going to CCH to be completely mm -hmm. honest with you. It's just kind of like the promise us so much. And then it's just kind of like, well, you're there. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, what do you mean? I was I'm curious you know uh, I like to start where you know I like to start where, where it all began uh, obviously I I never asked exactly how did your storytelling journey begin obviously it did not start here in the states but uh, I would like to I would love to know what what were some of the earliest projects you worked on what what let you know okay I want to work in film I want to tell stories when did that even begin oh god that like we have to go way way back for that take that us was back like it was uh, it was fifth grade in Germany. Okay. So basically, it's like in Germany, you get drilled to that you kind of figure yourself out where you want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. And you go to these job centers and everything. You do these surveys that then they'd be like, oh, maybe you like this. Maybe you like that. Mm -hmm. And they were always throwing me out. You want to be a mechanic, be a mechanic. And I was just kind of like, yes, I'm I like to fiddle with things, but mm -hmm. I'm not a mechanic. And then at one point I was kind of like, I I knew that I wanted to do something with media itself mm -hmm. because I was always fascinated. Why does a commercial convince me to buy a product? That That's yeah. literally how it all started. And then I just searched around and found the apprenticeship. It was like a dual study and apprenticeship itself as a media mm -hmm. designer. And that's actually my first degree that I got. Gotcha. And once I had that and I moved to Belgium, I did like another diploma on top of that. And then a friend of mine was working as an intern for the German television. And I was just gotcha. kind of like, you know what? That's that's actually great because like I would love to go into more TV production itself. And then the internship turned into I had also like a part time job on like mm -hmm. every single Sunday. But I was also in the week itself, the intern. So I got to hang out with everybody in the process itself and it just I, it's kind of like i like blood and i was just kind of like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life yeah this is okay. so great this is such nice organized chaos i like this 
And then one of my coworkers was like, hey, so what do you want to do after this? And I was just kind of like, don't know, like maybe go into the <laughs> film section of like the German television itself. And he was just kind of like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then one of my other coworkers like peeked his head in and he was just like, why don't you go to Hollywood? And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 you're funny. And when I was at home, I was just kind of like, actually, not a bad idea. Actually, mm-hmm. with like, where where does it all start? Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, fuck it. Yeah. So I looked it up, found CCH, and well, what can I tell you? I applied. What My was your like, bra? <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say, what were what was the response of your family and your closest friends when you told them I'm gonna go to Hollywood and go to this school that you probably have never heard of? What was Honestly, what was their reaction? It was an interesting reaction because everybody thought when I first said it that it, they do not thought I was serious at all. Mm-hmm. They thought it was a joke, and like slowly but steady, everybody got like more and more like a concerned look in their face and when they knew that i actually meant it and that Mm. i actually applied for it they were like oh shit and i was just kind of like yeah but here's the thing i'm never i was never really a person that was like bound to anywhere i was just kind of like i want Mm. to get out want to explore world get my experience because like i had a teacher way way back mr broza uh, I hmm. do not think he's gonna watch this, but like Shout out, Mr. Him. Rosa. <laughs> but he always said that he studied in America, mm-hmm. and I was just—I always thought that was so cool that he actually had a different cultural experience, yeah. and mm-hmm. then comes back and teach us. So yeah, going back again to the day when I told my my friends and my parents, my parents thought I was joking too, and they were just kind of like, okay. But like they were always supporting me, no matter what I was doing. They were just kind of like, mm-hmm. "Do what you want to do because you will thrive at that, and you yeah. like to be creative, so why the hell not?" And I was just kind of like, "That's honestly, I cannot ask for more." Okay, well, that's great. I love, I love hearing that. Uh, support is great, uh, especially when you're a storyteller. <laughs> you need all the support you can get. Uh, <laughs> so you you go to Hollywood, the bright lights, the bit, you know the home of cinema you get there you get to cch when you arrived how prepared did you feel you know obviously you had already had the passion you already had the german television experience how did you feel like what was what were those early days like when you first showed up did you feel prepared were you ready to be you know a a god amongst men at cch as you were what what was it like those early days uh god okay so like honestly no i did not feel really prepared because i did not know what i signed up for i that was the first time i was actually in an english country speaking only english the entire day and i needed to understand everything i was terrified Mm -hmm. honestly because if i do not understand every any everything like clearly like i'm missing something Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like from the beginning, from the get-go, I tried to write as many things down as I can. And like everybody was like, it was a different culture, dude. Like I, coming from a culture that is like, we have one way of how we do our career to a, like a completely different culture that acts completely differently, that has other slang words and everything. Mm. It was a lot. Let's put it like that. It was, it was absolutely 
a lot, but honestly, it was a good experience because the moment the classes start and I immediately understood what they were saying because I theoretically did that before when I did my media design, I was just kind of like, dude, this is going to be cakewalk. Like, not to sound any braggy yeah. at all, but it was just kind of like very simple stuff where it's just kind of like, okay, like yeah. I can 100% follow. I can get my, okay, I can wrap my head around this. And so it was kind of like, I wasn't, I mean, like, look, I was like low key an A student, but like I didn't really felt like one because yeah. I always like to argue with my teachers a lot mm. and in a good way, not in a bad yeah. way, but it's just kind of like, if there's a question that I have, I need that question answered because otherwise, mm the hell am I doing? Like, I'm wasting this money, this opportunity, and I remember if, as if it was yesterday, Cinematography 101 <laughs> with Charlie Rose. Dude, shout out to Charlie, because yeah. this dude, this dude, I like this motherfucker, shit you not, always goes out and smokes a, a, like, a, like a cigarillo, <laughs> and he came in like stinking like like cigarettes and honestly the way how he looked like and the way how he acted like he was a very strict guy yeah and like he ripped people apart i love that i absolutely do love that because there was this one point when i wanted to recreate i had a picture and i wanted to recreate it on the camera and mm -hmm. it was just kind of like he was not agreeing of how i'm doing this and i was just kind of like hey charlie charlie I'm going to do this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you just go out and smoke a cigarette, come back in, and I will show you that it is like that. Like, trust me. And he yeah. was like, he was he was pissed, dude. Yeah. He went outside, like, smoked aggressively cigarette, and he was like, he kind of came back in, and he looked at it, and he's just kind of like, he looked at me, and he's like, yeah, you got it. I, I can't say anything more. And I was just kind of like, thank you. And it was as since after that, dude, I was mm -hmm. easy going in his class. But yeah. like I he understood that I understood. And I always love that feeling for every single teacher when you have that moment with them. Mm -hmm. And then just especially with our school, we had some very wonderful moments there when you'd be like, I understand what you're telling me. And that's honestly, that's the greatest part about it. Like mm -hmm to see that the teacher is happy that you're understanding what to do and like yeah. you can actually can get the constructive feedback without giving them like a fist back you know what i mean yeah yeah was, i, I get, yeah I get exactly what you mean uh and also that's the first charlie rose reference on the podcast uh, i had him uh as well in Cine 101 that's actually where i met uh future guest uh kate scardino uh, his class, man, he, no that way. Was a... you actually got Katie. No way. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she is Fun on... fact for everybody out there. Like Katie was my roommate for a time. <laughs> Do you have any stories you want to tell? Uh, Absolutely not. Ask her yeah. the same thing on her. Oh, uh, her and Valenice will be on a future episode. Um, yeah, that class, so 7 to 11, uh, 7 PM to 11 PM. I mean, honestly, 7 to 11 classes were the best the absolute best depends I depends i sometimes i did enjoy them other times when there was um i had a class where we would it sucks because i was so excited for the class uh it was japanese cinema and i i did love the class but the teacher would lecture beforehand for like an hour and a half and then show like a two and a half hour movie and it's like 10 o'clock and I'm oh, like, no, couldn't we have watched the movie first? Because like I was like, you know, falling asleep and I'm like, I want to see this movie <laughs> so bad, but I'm falling asleep. Do you remember the teacher? Um, not off the top of my head. I'd have to I'd have to look that up. Um, but yes, Charlie Rose, I did want to say, yeah, he 
he would, you know, he knew what he wanted at work wise and he, he would get it. He pushed us really hard for those first nine weeks. And I remember oh, week yeah. 10, we came in also, I, I never even did the assignment and I, I never got pressured to do the assignment in the class. Uh, week 10, he came in, he's like, do you guys want to do this? Or you just want to watch a movie with great cinematography. And we're like, let's do that. And so we watched, uh, <laughs> Los and Cindy's. We watched it. Great oh movie. God. Then after the movie was over, he's like, guys just want to go home. And we're like, yeah. Uh, and then the next week we took our final exam, we took it, then we corrected it and we took it again so we could just all ace it. And it was, that was a great class. Honestly, great class. he did that same thing with us, but mm -hmm. he, he always told us, he says, he did not told us that we're going to review it after he mm -hmm. was just kind of like, Oh, we're going to take the test. And we were all just trying to give our best itself. Yeah. And afterwards he was just kind of like, now we're going to correct it. And we're just kind of like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. But like he was always the guy that he said, you like you need to know how it's done. And mm -hmm. if you cannot do it practically, like physically, yeah. like what the hell are you doing? Then theory that also doesn't won't help you in the long run. It's more kind of like you need to feel it to understand it. Yeah. And like the same thing when he had this do dolly class with us, like mm -hmm. the F F Fisher Dolly 11, like weighing hundreds of pounds. And he's telling us like how much respect you need for for that thing. Believe me, there yeah. were so many students that never understood how much mass is involved with that fucking thing. Like, ugh, for our safety. Sorry. This segues perfectly because I know you know how much that thing weighs. Because not only did you have to use it on oh, shoots, God. you had to prepare it for shoots. And I wanted to oh, ask you: stop. you were also an employee at CCH. That was actually the first times I would see yeah. you. You were in the cage. Everyone was like, I'll oh, be careful. Don't go ask Felix for stuff. If if you uh, already put on your order, careful. Like, how did that come to be? How 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 quickly did you get hired at the school? And how was it being a student and an employee at the same time? <laughs> so let me tell you. So as an international <laughs> student, we have some perks. And there's the program that they had that it were just kind of like okay an international student needs a job to kind of like make some money on the side so it's just fair. kind of like okay let's so let let me do this mm -hmm. it wasn't really a lot but it was a little bit but mm -hmm. the first time i saw the cage like the equipment center i was yeah. like oh like this is all the equipment and i can touch it if i just work there so I kind of like always hung out around the area, become became like low key friends with everybody that was working there. I think at that time it was Chris Rufo, shout out, mm -hmm. and like yeah, Chris Rufo, Brandy. I think also, oh god, I'm hundred percent forgetting names here. But it, those were just the people that were just kind of like they would show it to you. Like if you have any questions, they would always come to you and answer your question. I was just kind of like, dude, I want to be that. I want to know about the equipment that I'm learning with because then I can use it better. I know exactly what I want and I can actually see what the hell we have, you know? Mm. And oh my God. So they hired me. Well, long story short, they hired me. And yeah, like the first couple of weeks were okay. Like I got to, got used to everything. But at one point I feel felt pretty confident. Mm. But we always had these sheets where you just, you know that, like the sheet where you say what you want. And yes. the only thing that you needed to do is put, like, either you just cross it out or you just put, a, like, a number in it. A fucking number. 
and some people thought a like an X would be the correct choice. Where I looked at it, I was just kind of like, "So how many do you want? One, ten, eleven? Yeah. What the fuck? The fuck is this?" <laughs> and like, then people will come up, and I come up with them with the paper itself, and I was just kind of like, "Look, like." What the hell? First, first of all, what the hell? Like, yeah. what do you need? Do you need one, two, three? What do you need? And people are just kind of like, huh, uh, uh, I, I, I guess one. I'm just kind of like, what do you mean? Just do you guess one? Like, do you know? Like, do you did you plan this out? And I was expecting from every single person that came up to the cage because we mm. all had the exact same classes, so I knew exactly that every yeah. single. Sorry about this, but every single idiot that was standing in front of me know exactly what they want mm. like i'm 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 not a bad person so you know. i'm just saying that it's just kind of more like everybody learned the same thing and i went with most of these people in the same class if you don't pay attention that's not my problem i'm just yeah. trying to work as efficient as possible and for the first couple like for the first year itself people got more and more allegedly i do not know i did not notice at the time but allegedly people got more and more terrified of me and what? when people needed for classes like some <laughs> things and they were sent down by the teacher and the teacher was just kind of like get me this specific thing yeah they came down and they complete like i should you not this was like there was not even like sometimes there was 15 feet that they just have to walk to get to yeah. me and they already forgot what the hell they need and it's kind God. of like, uh, uh, we need something for the light. I'm just kind of like, what do you need? <laughs> I said, that you need a stinger? Do you need a gel? Like, what do you need? Do you need a C47? I don't fucking know. Do you need even a stand? Like, I don't know. Do you need a sandbag? Like, tell me. Like, yeah. is, is, the, is that thing broken? Like, it's just kind of like, I need something. Where I'm like, yeah. right, I cannot do anything with this. <laughs> Where like, do you what want the to hell start? do you want me to do? Yeah. And then people come on, much just kind of like, oh, be careful, it's Felix. Felix over there. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not a bad, bad person. It's more no. about like just be on your shit. And I tried to like slowly but steady over the years itself. I I would tell people and I would preach them. It's just kind of like, please, the only thing I'm asking, I'm not trying to rip you apart every single time you come here. That's not fun for me. That's not fun for you. It's just kind of like, if I don't give you shit, nobody will. And you won't learn shit. It's more kind of like I was kind of like at one point it evolved into I felt like it was my responsibility to educate my peers about that. Yeah. But oh, dude, I don't even <laughs> want to get into the the the, the stuff that went inside that that stuff that went on inside the cage because oh. like the outside itself, like it was like, dude, there was like a dude like I love there was this outside DP that came in. And he had like a list, and like he looked like he knew something of, like about everything. Mm -hmm. And I do not remember. Yeah, it was like C-47s. At that point in time, we had so many thesis films going on that we did not have any C-47s. Mm. And this, but this motherfucker comes <laughs> to me and he's just kind of like, how dare you not giving us this shit? Like he was, he was nagging to the people on the crew about me, mm. but I was kind of in front of him. Like I was yeah. still there. So I just looked and he was like nagging, nagging, nagging the entire time to the entire crew. And the crew gets pissed off at me. It's just kind of like, oh, we didn't have this. Like, how how dare you? And I'm just kind of like, why do you get mad at me? You just go to like, you just go to Home Depot and buy yeah. those things for fucking $5. Like, stop bitch whining and complaining. I don't have any. If I don't have it, like, if I have some, I will give you some. 
And it it was always the exact same thing when people did not got what they wanted because they're Mm -hmm. also like, believe it or not, there are other shoots going on in the school and people are just kind of like, oh, I'm not a priority. How dare you not give me that stuff? I'm just kind of like, dude, we only have a limited amount of stuff everywhere. It's just kind of like, please just think about this. Yeah. It's kind of like first come, first serve. But if it's if you are not a thesis shoot, you're not getting prioritized. Easy as that. But even that was too much for some people. Sorry, and it sounds like I'm ranting. No, I hate. But it's just kind of like the basic yeah. the basic thing from every single person that is there. It's like I like honestly, there was there were points where I was thinking, oh my god, like all these people that I work with, like, am I sure that I want to work with them? Mm-hmm. at one point because i was also on sets here and there and people knew yeah. what i was doing so it was good that people slowly but steady understood what i mean and that i know my shit because i repaired all the fucking light fixtures like every single light in there I repaired at least once because somebody didn't know how to use it and like then people were just kind of like oh let's get feeling somewhat because he knows how to fix things or he how mm-hmm. he knows his shit you know and that was good for me to get finally away from my stigma being like the german <laughs> like, don't don't call me that. Like that is true. The people... moment somebody came up, it's just kind of like you know your nickname, right? And it's just kind of like, what do you mean? And it's just kind of like, yeah, they they, they call you the German, <laughs> and they said that with like like they really punctuated that with like with their mouth. Where it's just kind of like, dude, that's kind of like <laughs> how you do that. It's like weird. Like yeah, it's like, a little. There's a little something there. So dumb, dude. Um, but honestly, I loved, I, I really, really loved working there, especially also the time when like I was working together with Cameron. That was absolutely great. I had a blast because I had somebody next to me that knows his shit exactly as I do. And it, even if I do not know stuff, he knew stuff about the stuff that I don't know. And I can explain also stuff to him. You know, it was a good mutual understanding. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like, with Chris, yeah, we, we we're not talking about Chris. <laughs> I, I do we talk about Chris? Are we, I, I should I talk Our about former Chris? boss, Chris Whetstone. <laughs> I honestly, okay, okay. Swear to God, if he ever sees this, Chris, know this. I'm gonna look straight down the barrel, Chris. <laughs> right down this. the barrel. We fucking love you. You were a yes. great boss. Sometimes you were a pain yeah. in the ass, but still, we all loved you with all of our hearts. But look. There were some things, and you know that exactly as I, when you'd be like, oh, we need to do that. Like, not even like, like oh, one day, nothing happens. He's just kind of like, mm, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we, 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 oh, we'll get on it. We'll get on it. Nothing happens. The moment you show initiative and actually start it, he gets up from his desk, looks be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. that that's a good idea. That's it. Let, let me do that. Let me do that. I'm just kind of like, I get it. But I was just kind of like, I don't get it. But it was mm. more kind of like once COVID hit, then he actually showed that he's organizing a lot. Like I even understood more how much organization he had to do in the background. Yeah. And that's where I really have to say, like, it was good to talk to him. And he had very, very great organizational skills, even though there was like a reputation that he had, like a little stigma. But honestly, who doesn't have that in that work environment? Yeah. Let's be honest. But still, it was it was funny as hell, especially with the what was that the Ursa 4K that mm-hmm. was for the VFX students, and the <laughs> VFX students didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. like there was a lot of things that I thought were hilarious. 
So it's kind of like, are we ever fixing this? I don't even know if it works uh, or not. I'm yeah. just kind of like, what what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, Chris, dude, there's there's stuff broken. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just, just put it right there. We'll get to it. Nothing happened. And then at one point, bul- light bulbs were ordered and then it were the wrong ones. So I'm just kind of like, well, great. Now we have them. Yeah. But and also like yeah, there were there was a lot. There was a lot. There's a lot. I think that will be not another episode by itself if you really want to like we talk could. about the cage. Hey. If you hey, look, if you want to I would love for that. Let's do it. Let's fucking We do both it. got stories. Uh for people that don't know, I took over for Felix. I took his position. I I basically uh it was, and... yeah, it was you and Jack that I pulled into the boat once Cameron yes. left because I was just kind of like I needed to leave it to two oh two guys that I fully trust that are not that know what that I, I can actually teach and actually give them stuff yeah. itself. And you guys were absolutely fucking amazing. And then literally two <laughs> weeks later, once <laughs> then I left, got fired, fired two and then months later. <laughs> one of you guys got rehired and it was just oh dude, that was a cluster fuck right so yeah. Like so you there was a word you mentioned in there. Sorry with a C COVID. I wanted to ask you a two part oh, question. God. Yeah. What was it like navigating that as an employee? Because you still had to make, you know, before I came in, you were still working. I came in towards the very tail end of, you know, campus was opening back up. Campus was already back, back up. People were wearing masks, but, it, you know, things were, vaccines were in play. Things were getting back to quote unquote normal. You were there working there during the height of COVID and you were still a student. Not only that, you were making your thesis film. So I want to know what was it like working as an employee at a film school where you have to touch stuff and give stuff to people and then two how the hell did you even you know because this reminds me of what our our pw our production workshop class was it was this it was everything was over here so what's it like as an employee what was it like making your thesis film your calling card as they always say during the height of covid um oh god yeah so covid's like it was kind of like it was like a normal work day like every other i literally remember like no i wasn't at work that day mm-hmm. i was i was actually on a on a on a film set that was an entire shit show by itself um but that day i got like i got a call from another set that something was wrong and something something happened Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, oh, great. Like, this day is really, it's getting better and better. And then I everybody got kind of like the message to be like, oh, COVID is now a thing. Like, we have a mm-hmm. virus on our hand. There was, every, nobody really knew what to do with that. We were just kind of like, fuck it, let's just shoot. And the funny thing is we actually shot in Corona, like in the town Corona. <laughs> it was super funny to me. I was just kind of like, wow, we got out of Corona and are now in Corona. Like, yeah. great. And like for the first couple of, uh, like for the first week, nothing, nothing too much happened. I was at work. And then at one point, I think it was like, I think it was Pat that came around and gave us like, told us all it's just kind of like oh yeah like everybody go home everybody like we need to we we cannot go back i was like okay her mm-hmm. so i just took the day off uh went home and like the next couple of days like they were figuring things out and then they were saying like oh yeah we need to wear masks mm-hmm. and i was just kind of like okay cool so we got we were back in and they bought like 
had like hand sanitizer, sanitation bo- sanitation bottles. Like I think we only had like one, and it was just kind of like rubbing alcohol, what we just used for other things that yeah. it was not really good for some rubber things that we had to treat. So that was, uh. um, but yeah, it was, it was weird touching things that other people were touching that mm. go on set itself. Like the entire experience, I I still cannot really like put it in words. To be honest, yeah. at one point, you as a when I when you handle a criminal all the all the all the entire time, you'd be like, you don't worry about it too much anymore because yeah. as long as you're COVID free and we did you have to do almost every single day a COVID test, yeah. so it's kind of like as long as you're COVID free, you're fine. Like you can just do it. Like just mm. disinfect the equipment, let it stand for like one or two days, and then we can flip the equipment onto another order. But then our wonderful production workshop had the wonderful idea to be like, hey, you know what? We need to schedule every every single student still has to shoot their film. And then they had these it I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say this a lot. These very idiotic um COVID like safety precautions and safety sheets, where I'm just kind of like they do not even make sense. Like, mm. swear to God, because like everybody needs to quarantine, first of all. And for shoots, like, for example, for my shoot itself, we were very rural. We were all in one spot. So we all tested once mm-hmm. and then the next day. And then I was even like, look, we all quarantined for this. So if you guys are comfortable, because we we knew that everybody did not have COVID. Yeah. We knew that. Because everybody got tested. Nobody had any sickness, no anything, nothing. And I made a big announcement. I pulled the entire crew in on my shoot. And I was just kind of like, hey, I feel comfortable enough to eat my burger with my mask off. I will do it in the other room. Just for other people that, like, if they do not feel comfortable with this, I just want to distance myself from you. Just saying. But if you're comfortable enough to take your mask off too, and want to join me in the other room, because we all tested, we all negative, you are more than welcome to come with me. Mm. And literally everybody looked at each other and they were just kind of like, yeah, he's right. We all tested. We are all negative. We all quarantined. So we don't need to do it. Mm. And I was just kind of like, okay, the good thing is nobody got COVID. Absolutely no one. Because we were very rural. Bruh. Yeah, it was it was weird. But like nobody was really worried about that the equipment is contaminated. Because mm. everybody's just kind of like, we touch the equipment all the time and you guys affect the shit out of it. So it's going to be fine anyway. But yeah, then they told me because I got into PW, they were like, Oh yeah, you need to shoot your thesis film. And I was like, cool. I mean, I knew the idea from my thesis film already. Mm -hmm. Like scouts being lost in the woods. That's how it all started. Like the ground idea. Yeah. And I thought it was just such an idiotic idea that it actually might work because my attention was there like all the way. And I was just kind of like, you know what? Let's make this thing into an actual thing. We had PW. I had the wonderful idea at one point to do like, oh God, animation itself. And we had an mm-hmm. actually an animation expert in one of the PW sessions. And I was oh. asking him, it was just kind of like, how hard is it? I mean, how expensive would that be for very the for CGI bear? And he was like, do you want realistic fur or do you want shitty fur? I was just kind of like, can I be that expensive? I was just kind of a realistic fur. And he's just kind of like hundreds, 
and thousands of dollars, depending on the level that you want. I was just kind of yeah. like, <laughs> I have 10K. And he's just kind of like, well, we can make you a model for that amount of money. I'm just kind of like, great. And yeah, then that idea was out. My producer Enrico wanted to rip my head off. And, and like my both of my producers, Jessica and Enrico, great producers. I love mm-hmm. both of them dearly. But Enrico is looking at me. He's like, "You want a CGI bear? Are you nuts? Like, how do you want to shoot this?" And he he always grounded me to reality itself. Mm. There were so many iterations of Scott's Honor. It was it was funny, honestly. Like we had some very wild ideas what we want to shoot, and then we got ground to earth with we only have a certain amount of budget. Where I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I had wanted to ask you about Scout's Honor. Um what you know we talked about the making of it so something i'm always interested in is process obviously every director yeah. has their own process for you where does the process begin and with that it, you can use that film as the example where does the process begin is it because you didn't write that uh right it, who wasn't it did johnny write uh, that? Who wrote that? yeah johnny and me both wrote, wrote it uh okay. wrote it like i think when i remember this correctly and johnny if you ever see this you can you can slap me for that if you want to uh, I think I did the first version of the scripts, and then Johnny helped me out with the rest and with the other parts itself. And then at one point, we needed even Johnny needed to completely rewrite it, like here and there, to just make more sense out of it. Because there was still a time where I did not, where I wasn't comfortable with writing everything myself. I knew the story outline, what is going to happen, mm-hmm. but like authentic. American dialogue was still uh, like a low-key I didn't really know how to do it let's be quite honest with this itself but it all said like honestly where does my process my process starts with is the like personally is the idea ridiculous enough to be so idiotic that it will grab my attention for at least 20 minutes and honestly, that idea did. There were other. There, there was another idea called Suicide Fish, but I'm not gonna get into that. That was that was a very dark comedy idea, and well, it could still happen like one day. Don't oh, give away plot details. It absolutely yeah. will. It absolutely Good. will. Believe me, it's gonna be quite. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like I wanted to give. I wanted to do a comedy. And I was just kind of like, that idea works. We did the first version of the script. The first version of the script was great. Mm-hmm. It had like all the nuances in it. But I written that entire thing, like the outline and everything, as if it was like a Vietnam War era thing. So that uh-huh. like but the boys are lost. <laughs> like the fr- I actually do remember the first iteration. The first iteration was the the boys are lost in the woods for like 10, like for many, many years. And the scout leader would never tell them about it because like, Something happened in his life that he didn't really want to cope with it. Gotcha. So at one point, like they're all huddled up. Like I had this entire scene planned where they're all huddled up in like a cabin that they built over the years itself. Like we see that everything is lived in. Mm-hmm. And then a girl comes in there, but she's kind of like, oh, a girl. You know, like <laughs> it's everybody was just kind of like, whoa. And then yeah. it's just kind of like it's somebody's sister. And then introduce also the Girl Scouts and like them having a like, because the Girl Scouts tried to search for them, but the Girl Scouts could never find them, so they got also stranded. It was the entire, like, honestly, we could have easily shot, like, a one-and-a-half-hour movie with this entire thing, if we had the budget. Then that evolved into the boys are lost in the woods, 
one our main character's sister um is going to get them and then confronts the scout leader for like kidnapping them basically in the woods mm-hmm. and yeah then we kind of like we settled on that and then the next the oh god our next thing was casting and oh my god that was quite something. I had an idea for who I want because I worked on many sets with some very amazing and talented actors. So that I kind of knew what I wanted. So mm-hmm. I reached out to them and be like, hey, like we, oh God, where, where, how is that site called again? Backstage. We, I think we had backstage, yes, backstage people and, oh, what was the other one? I don't remember. But we put out the casting call. Many people mm-hmm. applied. We were happy, even though for COVID times itself, we still had a good turn up for people yeah. itself, especially for the female role, what we did not honestly really expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Brent Roberts, our scout leader, I met this guy, this actor on Natanya Allen's film. I do not remember how it was called, but I met this Mm -hmm. guy there because I was a BTS photographer and I was just talking to him. And at one point, I was actually a stand in in the movie for him because I had kind of like the height and the shoulder width. It was super funny. But like, I still knew him from then and we we kept in touch and he just nailed it. He Mm -hmm. absolutely nailed the character that I wanted to have. And I was just kind of like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. And then we casted, we casted Haya, we casted one of my friends, Jack, um, Car- uh, Carson, uh, Carson Christ, I think. Yeah, Carson Christ was the name. And we also ca- casted Nico and and Alex. And that yeah. was our, our dream team, honestly, yeah. because Alex was just Alex. Like, he, uh, like it's such it was dry humor through and through but it was great dry humor and yeah. once we had the cast and so we were just kind of like okay like where, where should we go where should we shoot this where is there forest here in california mm-hmm. and a friend of mine she shot um raven actually raven young she shot up in big bear her thesis mm-hmm. and that area looked kind of what we needed and was also yeah. kind of like cheap for film permits and everything they did not allow us to do a fire sadly but i get it when you're in the forest that yeah. might be a fire hazard but okay whatever. <laughs> yeah um but yeah we we decided on on big bear and the moment we said it in pw everybody's like whoa wow you're going that far out where i'm just kind of like well i need the location easy hmm. as that <laughs> like you tell me and people thought it was ridiculous to crowdfund ten thousand dollars for it and i do have to say Crowdfunding 10k is a lot. I mm-hmm. talked recently with a friend, literally like two weeks ago with a friend, we talked about the same topic. Crowdsourcing 10k for a film project is a lot. Is mm-hmm. it is absolutely absolutely ridiculous. If you crowdsource, crowdsource for less because you can reach your goal and then just get sponsors in. Mm-hmm. But to go back to it, like thank God to my amazing family that also pitched in a lot. Mm. This film, we could actually do that film. It was very hard. Calculated 10k, I think. Total, I need to see right now. Let me look on IMDb real quick. Okay, estimated 10k, but basically it was after everything. It was like more than like 13k. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. We were the highest budget film in the entire film school. 
um everybody called me ridiculous nobody was really believing in the script at one point but i told them like look you need to see it to believe it and yeah, yeah with COVID itself that didn't made things easier on us casting mm-hmm. itself what needed to be on zoom i could not talk with my actors like really one-to-one yeah. like person to person um we tried our very best i give them as many notes as i can because I like to see what they come up with when they read the character and then I will tell them the intention of the character so that mm-hmm. they kind of like, because I want them to combine their talent with that what I need. Of course, they're already like close to it because like I want to have the easiest time possible for them to act with me itself. Yeah, so we I, I would give them like the notes and everything. We would do that mm-hmm. all over Zoom. But I told them too, once we are in set, we will sit down one more time and we were going to talk about this one more time. Because, mm-hmm. like, I need to talk with them in person to completely understood. But all of them were super champs in doing all of this. We were all up there. Everybody had their own room. Everybody quarantined from me. Like, was that we had many cabins and we were like very far apart from each other. And yeah, the moment we went up there, it was like surreal, honestly, because mm-hmm. I did not know how this is all going to go. It was definitely stressful. Um, also because like after the first like the first weekend we wanted to shoot longer but the mm. problem is there was a snowstorm coming towards us so we had to stop production after one and a half days so we needed to get the hell back to LA and actually reschedule it to shoot for it the next weekend what was mm. actually the our contingency was gone at that point mm. like swear to god like contingency is your A and O for everything hmm. but we came back i like something happened in my personal life it was a setback let's put it mm-hmm. like that it put like gotcha. a mental stress on me mm-hmm. but i was still focused on the production because i thrive when there when there's stuff going on i always thrive working mm-hmm. and that really distracted me that kind of gave me like the edge to be better mm-hmm. and then the second weekend went so goddamn well like uh, there were scenes where I laughed my ass off. There were <laughs> also like we were we were all back in it and it was great. I would honestly, if you would ask me, give me a higher budget for this thing, I would do it again. Hundred percent. Mm. Absolutely. Because mm. I do want this to be better. I would actually extend the script and everything. Believe me, there's an entire thing going on. But still it was it was a challenge. Because mm. also with all the COVID restrictions that we had, I wanted to rip my hair out at one point. That's, well, hey, yeah. you got it done. It was a great project. It was. I remember. I remember the screening. I was watching it on my laptop. Dude, uh, it was I great. felt like this was like Lord of the Rings in, in mini. That's what <laughs> what I heard from some people. They just got like, oh my god, this is almost like Lord of the Rings. We're yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then watch it one more time. It's just kind of like shit. <laughs> what uh, What did you learn from? Like, what was something that you learned through or multiple things? What did What's something that you'll take on to future projects that you kind of maybe Scouts Honor taught you or you, you learned making that, which, you know, you said it was a hellacious, you know, to get to the finish line. But what, what what's something that you kind of take with you from it? Time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, okay. I would say time. Time is of the essence. You should take, like, they always told us in school that we need to take our time with the script. It is absolutely true. If you do not have a rock-solid script, then what the hell are you doing? Like, honestly. And, like, the second thing is, don't 
second guess yourself. Go with your gut. That is definitely what I've learned because like many things, many people have many opinions hmm. and many people try to influence you. What is a good thing? Because you should listen to other people too, but go with your gut. And then if you have time, shoot the other version, what somebody else thinks. Listen to your actors. That's definitely true because like, yes, you can make it after your vision, but it's only as good as your actor is feeling comfortable with. And I think that's definitely like our actors were absolutely amazing. And they felt at one point you really felt the comfort how comfortable they were. And it's like, you need people on set itself that you can work with every single day. It doesn't make sense to cast somebody that is just a total, sorry, but a total asshole on set. Yeah, and that's just kind of like you need people that you like because if yeah. you if there's somebody on set that you really do not like, yeah, that that just turns down the entire crew. There's yeah. there's so many things that we learned. Like definitely, like go to the location, actually, like look at the location at the time you want to shoot. See how much time you have. Actually, see how logistically it is possible. They, there's just so many moving things that I wish we had a little bit more time to to yeah. actually go up there to actually test things out because ugh, it's a lot. It's mm -hmm. a lot, but honestly, I would tell everybody, go through that experience. Mm -hmm. Let somebody tell you how to go through it and have your own, like, feel how it is. Okay. But, like, I might be different than other people that I learned with, but that's definitely how okay. our thing worked. And I gotcha. loved it all the way. Okay, so as we are, we're kind of winding down. We still have a little bit, little bit to go. But uh, I wanted to ask you before we get into the questions, which are six. They can be rapid fire or they can be well thought out. Whatever you prefer, we'll get to those. But before that, you know, you you spoke earlier. You are in New York. You are pursuing your mastery. Um, what what kind of pushed you towards wanting to have you know your masters? And what are you what 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 exactly is your mastery in? What are you doing over there? What's your next narrative work? What what is what it how do things look for you as a storyteller right now? What what are you working on? What's going on? <laughs> Catch us up. Oh uh, god. Yeah. So I moved to New York because mm. when it was still in LA itself, it was cool to be in LA. But the problem is at one point you will realize very quickly that there's a lot of people that want to do the exact same thing as you, and the market is just oversaturated. Yeah. There are just yeah. too many people wanting to do the same thing. Not that I say like everybody deserves it. It's mm. more kind of like sometimes the wrong people get pushed. And the amount of people that I saw that get pushed on got like very good gigs, very good jobs, like actual mm. jobs yeah. where we know we had class with them where they did not really give a single crap about yeah. it. Whereas it's kind of like, dude, like there's some, there are other people that need that way much more better. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? Because I was also at a time where we kind of felt the the industry shifting towards the East Coast. Mm -hmm. I told myself, you know what? I will I will go over to the East Coast. Fuck mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And um I'll go over to the East Coast, uh, study arts and entertainment management because that is the part of the industry that I haven't touched so far, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, it's another challenge. I can be the jack of all trades because I need to know a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And 
that's good honestly like there's nothing it's nothing that you cannot learn over here and mm -hmm. once i realized it's it is kind of like film production but a little bit different but it's kind of the, the same thing it got more and more easier to do and i feel more and more comfortable over here so like i do set myself to i do want to go into television itself mm -hmm. i want to definitely get my foot into nbc and at one point nbc watch out i want to be the next ceo because Whoa. i do want to steer yeah long shots like, long shots Hold <laughs> me if i'm not there honestly <laughs> you heard it here I'm first but it's like I do want to go back into television because like mm -hmm. I do still like film and I will do still do film, but not right now because with, with the pandemic going on, the industry shutting down and now the writer strike itself, I'm like, I want something where I can work in and then I have an actual job that is kind of mm -hmm. safe. You know what yeah. I mean? That and makes sense. yeah, I mean, I got the moments, um, I'm working with a couple of friends. I did not tell tell you about that, but I, I'm okay. at the moment working with a few friends on a blood bank. Finally, finally, I know. I've been hearing I about know. this project for years. Finally, I've been hearing about this yeah, for like three we, years now. That you can thank Mikey for that. Mike Benson. Yeah. He finally. He he. Me and him, we talk. We talk very long about this, like always back and forth. And at one point, like also, we talked with Luis Alejandro Negre Fernandez. Yeah. And we three were just kind of like, you know what? Let's let's actually tackle this, and awesome. we're actually we want to do it. We we're we're gonna do it. Yes. And yeah, that's that's just that's just I'm what so we're excited. doing right now. I've been but so yeah. excited about that. Okay. Nothing but positivity over here for me. I, I'm happy to hear that. You know. The, the second I, you know, you let us know that that's what you were doing. Uh, I think I can speak for many of our friends where we knew you were going to, you, we knew you're going to be fine. You're, you're Felix. You're going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to take it with a smile on your Don't face and like make that. a joke about it. No, I'm, I'm being serious. You know, there'd be a lot of people that would, you know, come up to the cage and ask about you and see how you're doing and stuff like that. You know, we all, we know you're going to do it because you're a hard worker and it shows, you know, you, you put in the work and you get what, you deserve because you put in that oh, work. Yeah. You're not phoning it in. You are a hard worker. Uh, and I'm so happy that to see that you're, you're doing great. Okay. And so and now we are so way too hard end. on myself for everything. You're, yeah, you're we're, we're at the end. Oh, God, we're at no the end. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, these are not just any questions. The, these are the questions. So these are six questions. They can, they're, they're, mm. you oh, have, yeah. they could, they could be serious. They can be not. Okay. So here we go. Question one. Say you never made the move to the States and didn't go to film school. Where do you think you'd be now? Still with the German television and okay. would do my happy days there. Okay. And honestly, yeah. I would th I would thrive there, but... I, I yeah. have no doubts that you would. You would. Okay. What's been the differences that you've noticed in L.A. culture versus New York culture? <laughs> 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 Uh, let me tell you. Oh boy. Um, honestly, the the biggest difference is he nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. Literally, I see the most absurd shit on the subway and the most absurd stuff I hear on the sidewalks here in New okay. York. And honestly, it's so much great chaos and just weirdness that yeah. is actually comfortable. 
Like, it doesn't feel like LA where everybody, like, where you think that the stigma of old LA sticks there that everybody's just out there to get, yeah, and just takes you as, like, a career ladder almost and just drops you the moment they do not need you anymore. Here, it's more mm. kind of like the community's smaller mm. and you actually feel like you're actually getting somewhere and okay. you have actually, like, time and, like, the area to breathe. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like I like hearing that. Okay. I mentioned this earlier, but you were once called the Martin Scorsese of CCH. How do you feel about this title? <laughs> I like the German better, but like <laughs> it's it is true because like that all came it all came because like Martin Scorsese was doing the master class. And he mm -hmm. said one thing, and honestly, it's like, it is actually true. I learned it over the years. It is true what he said. He said, mm -hmm. if you're not physically disgusted by the first cut of your movie, something is wrong. He is, okay. let me tell you, he's right. Yeah. If you're not physically disgusted by the first time you look at it, like completely uncolor corrected, and you just see the puff performance <laughs> and the sound that you captured on set itself, you'd be like, oh boy, you don't know how it is. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not making a movie. A movie is just kind of like you see the most ugliest thing that you ever film, mm -hmm. and then you see it evolving into a butterfly. That's, yeah. I, I honestly, yeah, okay, call me them, Martins, because <laughs> yeah, okay, I agree with it somehow. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you've accepted it, that's, that's what, that's what I matters. did. Okay. Okay. What's something that still intimidates you about production, even with so much experience under your belt? Money. Okay. It's it's it is definitely money because like at the end of the day, you can be creative however the hell you want, and you can put as much time in as you want. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's always the big question: how much does it cost? What is your budget? How do you get the money? Do you like? do you need to compromise at one point because you do you run out of money that happens too like mm -hmm. like what which risk should you take honestly i would uh, yeah i would like take that away that it's like it, it is risk taking risk taking yeah. is very is very scary mm -hmm. and but like honestly it is very rewarding That's but true. you learn during that time how it is and how it feels to take that risk and be like, then you are being more selective. Who is on set? Who is working with you? Do you have the people that it needs to take to make this entire thing? Do you know the people itself? It will show, but you only can get that with time. And I think with our time itself, we know a lot of people where we see them shine also now after film school, where I'm very happy to see it. Mm -hmm. And people are still doing very great. Yeah. I'm like, go you, honestly. I will yeah. call you in the future if I have the money for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Do any are risk taking. Okay. It's a bitch. I, I like that answer. Uh, two more questions. What do awards mean to you? Are they something you're seeking out or do they not matter to you? I think I'm the only one that says, I don't give a shit. Thank like, you. Seriously, I agree. seriously, I don't like, here's the thing. Okay. I'm sorry. This is going to be a little tantrum, but good that you're reminding go me ahead. on that. Because let's talk about let's let's think about this. Hmm. You send your film to a film festival and you get an award. Do you know how many 
fucking film festivals out there and how many of these goddamn yeah. film festivals actually charge you an absurd amount of money just to watch your film and get an award that for mm. some film festivals, if they're not really recognized, how much it means, it doesn't mean shit. It absolutely doesn't mean shit. It's cool for you that you have the award. That's cool. Like, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm happy about you. At least somebody recognized it, that you did good work. But mm. look how many of our film friends got awards for the shows. What does that mean for them? Yeah. Like something like some of them do not really go anywhere. Like, yes, we received a, a buttload of like awards for this, but I cannot put all of them on IMDb. I didn't even bother to put it on like the thing itself because mm -hmm. there were just some film festivals when you actually do research, it doesn't really matter. The only thing that for me personally matters that we got in Khan's shorts that we actually yeah. got selected. Yeah, that's all I care it cared about. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, wow, this is an actual real big deal for me that we got kind of that we actually got somehow selected yeah. for this, that's even great. though there were yeah. some mistakes in the movie. But mm -hmm. I care about that more than like a film festival and I'm fuck nowhere. Not that I'm saying that I'm not trying to roast film festivals no, in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Like it is absolutely great what you guys are doing. But why do we have to charge this much? Is it just mm. for the location? Is it like, why don't we do like a garage thing? Everybody's coming to your garage and watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, I would yeah. pre appreciate that more. Like, I've recently read about another um, another film festival, I think that's here in New York itself. And I think I called the Amazing Film Club or something like that. They literally mm -hmm. just sit there and they will watch your thing. They will actually, like, there's a crowd of people that is actually going to watch your thing. Like, okay. no matter which one you submit, you will, they will watch it. You okay. will watch it. I'm like, I like that idea more. Of, yeah. like, people watching it for the first time. You have first-time impressions. And people just watch a bunch of movies. And that they be like, okay, which one is the one that we would think is the best? You know? Yeah. I think that's more fair. Because, like... Yeah. Like if I have to pay fifty bucks to get best director, then another fifty bucks to get best actor, then mm -hmm. fifty bucks to best writer, then I cannot forget my editor, and then the editor yeah. thing itself is another hundred bucks. I'm like, where does the price difference came come from? Yeah. And it's just like it's just such unnecessary costs where I'm like, I wish it wouldn't be that way. I yeah. really wish that. Because like I, I sorry, this is this is an entire you're, random. You're all good. Festival. No, you're good. But believe me, I've seen the best and the worst at film festivals, and sometimes I do not know how they select their movies. Because mm. like yes, some movies like I've written with many people that were trying to get Scott's honor and other projects. Be like, oh, we're interested in this. I'm like, cool. Who are you actually? And people are just kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna reach out, but. What I've learned to talk to friends, most of these people don't really give a crap. They just go through IMDb. That's what they're getting paid for. If they mm -hmm. see a project, they will reach out to you. If you don't reach out back, well, sucks for you. Yeah. But nobody's actually really giving, like, actually, it doesn't feel like somebody puts in the time to appreciate it as, a, as it should. And then you mm -hmm. hear always in, like, you know that too. Then you always hear in film school be like, oh my God 
like you need to do this and that and it's so great like you should do this and i'm just kind of like i'm sorry but cut the bull crap it's just yeah. kind of like at the end of the day there should be a few film festivals you need to really select out because like there's a certain quality like i'm not saying you should not be creative but there needs to be a certain quality at the end of the day yeah. if that is not met what the hell are you doing and just yeah. putting it like oh it's art <laughs> dude I went to the Museum of Modern Art, the MoMA here, right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And there was like an old TV was playing there and somebody filmed himself for 60 minutes just walking like this, standing, uh -huh. going down, leg in the air, uh -huh. turning, doing that, leg in the air for uh -huh. 60 minutes. No description or nothing. I'm just kind of uh -huh. like... <laughs> What yeah. are we looking at? You know, it's like mm -hmm. there's a fine line between what is actually art and mm -hmm. what is not art. But nobody wants to decide. Nobody wants to do that. Trust me. I'm just kind of yeah. like for film, you should if you do not aim to have a certain feel or a certain style. Like mm. let, let's take for example Project X. Project X is like you have a hand camcorder and you kind of feel you're in the middle of the action. Mm-hmm. If you look at Blair Witch Project, that was a shot on film on black and white because they only yeah. had two cameras because the director wanted that. That is great, but they thought yeah. about it. Yeah. If somebody says, "Oh, I'm just going to film it with my with my phone," unless there's a real intention behind that, okay, yeah. I guess. But it's just kind of like don't put everything on and call it art. That is, uh, like, I see films and I'm, I'm telling people, it's just kind of like, hey, that's what I think about it. Don't, please don't take it too, yeah. like, to take too serious. Take it also with a grain of salt because I'm just one person with one opinion. But it's just kind of like, he and there are things that I would do differently and they agree. They're just kind of like, yes, I did mm. not have the time. I did not have the budget. It's always like mm. the same thing, time, budget. I'm just kind of like, oh, did you guys take a risk to like to like invest maybe a little bit of amount of money? No, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like those are already three things. But like, I get you. It's 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 film festivals, man. I yeah. I hate paying for them. Yeah, be, it, it's it's Try not to find a good no, one fine. that you actually give a shit about. Yeah. Try it, and it's it cannot be Sundance, and it cannot be Cannes. Yeah. And it cannot be, um, how's it called again? Tribe uh, Tribeca. Yes. Yeah. Or like Toronto International Film Festival, uh, like TIFF. Like, try to find one that actually matters. Is yeah, do your research. Because, yeah. yeah. like, well, otherwise, don't waste your money. You set it up perfectly for the final question. Oh, God, no. I would love if you would talk about your favorite quote. My favorite quote. You have a quote that you online it is listed as your favorite quote. It is three oh, words, yeah. and it's dovetails perfectly. Yes, could you? It is go, like, yeah. like at, at the end of the day, like if you listen to me this far, I <laughs> totally respect you for hearing me out. And yes, I just said a few sentences ago that there needs to be a certain quality itself and mm. stuff needs to be intended. Please don't take art as an excuse to that your film looks shit. If you did not have the time or money, be open and honest about it. That's all I'm asking. 
but just don't call it out and try uh, try to have an excuse for everything for it. But at the end of the day, no matter what you do, it's always fucking art. No matter what you do, yeah. It it that that's what my like that's what my editing teacher Cole Seidel told me, and he's absolutely right. At the end of the day, no matter what you create, it is art somehow, because you had one that you had an intention doing this. And that intention is great. If you can actually hone on that skill to know what the hell you're doing and what you try to express in a good way so that... Because, yes, at the end of the day, it's fucking art, but you're doing it for the masses. As yeah. long as I cannot convey to an idiot that sits in front of me what the hell the story is about, what the hell are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. you you need to have it easy to be understood and that people understand that. And that's just fucking art. And it's an art form by itself to know and hone into that skill. Okay. Well, I, I love that. I love that rationale, that way of thinking. Uh, that's what I, I <laughs> love about doing this show is getting on people with all the, you know, no one is going to have the same the same view. So I love just having oh, so yeah. many diverse voices. Um, and thank you so much for doing this. You, yeah, honestly, I will definitely have you back. I would look, love I to have you back. I a melting here. pot of everything. So yeah, we got every, yeah, there's I'm not still crazy, so much I didn't talk about. So yes, I will, you will <laughs> definitely be back. Uh, I, I loved this. Uh, Felix, where can, where can the people find you, your work, what, whatever you want to plug, um, you can go right ahead. I mean, I look uh, most of the time I would just post on Instagram or on personal Instagram. Follow me at, at Felix Malms. Sometimes okay. I post stuff about productions or I give you here and there a sneak peek. But if I actually have something, I'll let you know. But the web, okay. my website is not active anymore for reasons. <laughs> I know what that's like. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So that's going to do it for this edition of Not Just A Guy. You can figure out what's going on with the show or whatever's going on with my productions. I have some things brewing. So follow the show at not just a guy prod uh, P R O D. That's a shortening of productions. I hope I never want people to think I misspelled like pod. I meant prod uh, that has <laughs> both the that. podcasts because this is a not just a guy production, but there are future not just a guy productions. So you can follow the show there or follow my personal account, Garrett Brioni's at Garrett Brioni's. Uh, so yes, thank you so much. You will be back on. Uh, this was a blast. I loved it. Yes. I, and I know the, the listeners will love it too. Uh, but yes, that will do it. I have been your host, not just a guy, the guy, Garrett Briones, and I'll talk at you next time.